you from, Joseph? South Shields. Ethel. Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. But let me be clear. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flyer. This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hi, babes. Hi, babes. This is Ben and Fraser. Yeah. Episode four. Episode four. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) Broken that tough episode four barrier. Uh, How are you? I'm great. I was just um, thinking about some great feedback we've had for the podcast. Oh, hit me. Um, But I was just actually going to just retell you uh, what just happened in our dance class where uh, the dance teacher... Uh, <laughs> Benji was trying to tell me that he hadn't listened to the podcast. I couldn't hear him, so I just said, "Oh, thank you very much." And he was like, "No, no, no, I haven't listened to it yet." <laughs> so it was embarrassing, and I took a compliment for for nothing. But it was it was good. That was nice. Yeah, I, I do enjoy our Sunday dances. We often go on a Sunday and we do a little dance class, oh. and the music never stops. You learn a routine. It's very upbeat. It would not work in the UK. Absolutely not. Everyone would be too self conscious. Totally. Everyone there is like kind of lovely and positive in a way that just people wouldn't accept it back in the UK. Well, the fact (laughs) at the beginning of the class, you go around and shake hands with people you've never met before and you cheer newbies and all that kind of stuff. Like in the UK, no. Everyone would just burst into a puff of smoke, wouldn't they, at the thought of having to shake hands with a stranger and say hello to them, including me. <laughs> but I'm very positive when I'm in that class. It's great. Okay, well, I wanted to do, that's that's what's been going today, but um, I've obviously been in the UK. So yes. um, I kind of want to basically do a bit of a, a UK report. want to oh. report back from the UK, okay? Oh, perfect. Let's get going. Yeah, I was just in London last week. <laughs> oh, the, the Ben report. Okay. Did you enjoy that? I really did. Okay. Really pleased when I came up with the idea just to play the opening of like some old news. Um, so I was in the UK last week. I've got stuff to report back on. First of all, following on from last episode's um, uh, subject of Victoria Beckham, I was in the UK when the Spice World Tour was going on. Yes. It was really interesting because it kind of felt like the World Cup was going on or some sort of sporting event, it genuinely brought the whole country (laughs) together. Oh, like the Olympics. It was exactly like the Olympics. (laughs) It was so interesting. Um, So much so that like on the plane on the way back, I was wearing, I didn't go to the the tour, unfortunately, because I were, you know, stuff, busy. But I bought a Spice World t-shirt. On the plane on the way back, the the flight attendant stopped me and was like, did you go the other night? (laughs) And she started talking to me about it. And we got into a full-on conversation. She was like, you do know there's a guy like a few rows down. He's also wearing a t-shirt. You should go talk to him. Like, Did you go and talk to him? I didn't. <laughs> Why not? Because I didn't go. I didn't have anything to say. Well, I had everything to say. But I was yeah. like, he might be like, oh, I love the song Wannabe. And I was like, no, 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 no. And you've already got a boyfriend. So what's the point? Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, it genuinely felt like the whole country was coming together. Nice. Which was kind of nice. It, it reminded me of after Bre- the Brexit vote had just happened and they released Absolutely Fabulous, the movie. Right. And everyone's like, oh, thank God, there's something fun going on. <laughs> so that's kind of what it felt like it was going on. We do want to say some corrections from the last episode. Uh, <laughs> Jamie in LA uh, said that Victoria Beckham in the Olympics, London Olympics, she was wearing an outfit from Giles Deacon. Yes. And also we need to talk about the fact that Victoria did not appear no. in any of she the didn't. London shows. She didn't even go and watch it. Not a glimmer. She didn't take either of our suggestions of turning up I mean, we gave very strong suggestions. Yeah. At the very least, she should have at least gone and watched it. As we were talking last, she should have gone and watched it, done one photo backstage, and that'd be fine. Because if you go on to, last week, if you go on to her uh, Instagram page, it's just Spice Girls are fan- fans giving her abuse. Yeah. Like, I do think this is going to turn, like, the UK public against her. Oh, and also, we didn't, we didn't talk about this, the Spice Girls Tesco advert, which was iconic. Well, I didn't mean, cover that. And also, what we didn't cover, which I can't believe, was Victoria Beckham coming to America. Mm. How did we forget that? It's like the perfect combination of Victoria Beckham and America. So, look, when we go back to do our part two, <laughs> part two Victoria Beckham expose, we'll, uh, we'll add that there. When we do the Spice Girls special. Um, so, other things to report back from London. Okay, so I saw some posters when I was in London. We should say both Fraser and I used to live there. Do you remember Club de Fromage? (laughs) God. Explain Club de de Fromage. Club de Fromage was a club night in um, Angel in London at the O2 Academy or whatever it's called in Angel. And it's like a... 
like a celebration of cheesy music. Uh, so it would be like lots of 80s kind of hits and 90s hits that I personally don't ever want to hear again. So we're talking your summer of 69. We're mm-hmm. talking you're living on a prayer. Mm-hmm. We're talking um, uh, like Club Tropicana by Wham. Uh, just just all of the all of the most obvious releases from the most annoying people. And then the most obvious of people would then go. Yes, to those and you're nights. encouraged to go in uh, like fancy dress costumes. And when I fancy I went, dress, as in like. Uh, uh, costumes costumes yeah <laughs> um like a costume party yeah and uh, then when i went there um there was no rhyme or reason to anyone's costumes it was just Ugh. whatever you could wear so it's like oh, me and my friend have dressed as mario and luigi <laughs> oh kill me yeah but okay so th- you hit the nail on the head it's kind of like 80s and 90s hits yes okay on the club de fromage poster now for the, the current ones it's lady gaga what so that's how, that's how like, much time has passed and how old we are. It's no longer 80s hits. It's now like, oh, Lady Ga- throwback to Lady Gaga. Oh, like, oh, let's play Just Dance and be like, oh my God, I remember this when I was at From school. From 11 years ago. It, oh my like, God. Like, how crazy is that? That's truly chilling. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it, part of me is, is happy about that because I would rather hear Just Dance by Lady Gaga than, you know, for example, uh, that song. Do you remember that song um, by that band called Reef? And it was like, put your hands on. Oh, yeah. Like, that's... Oh, please, That's, your hands. Was that classic Club de Fromage? Yeah, just like, kill me. So anyway, I wanted to tell you about that poster. Talking of posters in the London Underground, which we call the Tube. Not the Tube, the Tube. Tube. Um, oh, yeah, like C-H-U-B. Tube. Tube. Mm. <laughs> um, all, they, when you go down the escalators, they have all those like posters for musicals that are yeah. going on in London. I want to tell you about some of those. So... Jay from The Wanted is currently starring in Big the Musical. <laughs> what? Yep. Wow. Oh, The Wanted. Yeah. They, they're a real topic for another time, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> another one, Faye Tozer from Steps. She, I couldn't even work out what musical it was, but she's in a musical at the moment. <laughs> what, was it Club Tropicana, the musical? Probably. Because I have seen recently someone else, some other UK sub I can't remember, is in Club Tropicana, the musical. And I was like, what a nightmare come true. It's like a jukebox musical, but not even the music of Wham. It's an 80s jukebox musical. <laughs> It was a male from the Sugar Babes. That's who it was. I saw that it was in Club Tropicana, the musical. No, thank you. Uh, well, that was my report on London. So we should say this is your Welcome America. And every episode we tackle two topics uh, that are either very British or very American and we work out the UK or US equivalents. Before we get to that, um, a couple of other bits of feedback that we've had. Okay. Lindsay in Glasgow, she wants to know what is the US equivalent of Argos? Ooh. Good one. Ooh, okay. Um, I feel like Argos has a very unique system in place mm-hmm. that I don't, I personally haven't seen reflected here (laughs) and ordering in a collection system that is wildly complicated and also absolutely never works uh, in any of the Argos stores that I used to go to. So you, so the way it used to work is Argos would have a giant, giant catalogue that sold, uh, had absolutely everything in it. Like, <laughs> they would always have like sunbeds and hi-fis, but also toys, like everything <laughs> in it. It was very exciting when the catalogue came out. Then in later years, you'd go into the store and you'd flick through the catalogue and you'd be like, oh, that toaster's... What's the code for that toast? You write it on a slip of paper yep. and you take it over to a desk and then they produce that item. Well, well the, the, the thing that you're missing out is that you're, you get given a, a number and you get called to a desk to pick up your item when it's ready. However, at every fucking branch of Argos that I used to go to in London, no one respected the number system. People used to just stand at the counter and wave their ticket at the person Ugh. and then all the staff there didn't follow the fucking number system. So they then would just start, it started becoming a first come first serve, like screaming, like kind of like a... I imagine like a Moroccan bazaar where people are just screaming, <laughs> screaming at the person behind the, <laughs> their stall being like, where's my rug? Very like that. I, I think, I think the equivalent, I guess the, the difference here is that the whole thing about Argos is that they, they have like a, a warehouse that they get the items from and bring them to the counter. Whereas here, the stores, most of the stores like that are so huge that you just walk around the warehouse and like look yeah. at all the stuff. But I, I guess it's, is it like a big target? I was going to say target. It's, but it's the exact same thing where it's, it's you're instead of picking up the item yourself, you are traipsing around that warehouse yeah. <laughs> with, your, with your little trolley, your little cart, and like shoving every item into it. 
because people people at Target they are pushing their carts to the to the register or pushing their trolleys to the checkout, and they are like they have like hundreds of items shoved what, in there. What about a Costco or a Bed Bath and Beyond? We well, yeah, Costco, Costco, Costco. definitely because it's got that kind of. Although we do cash and carry does exist in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> How do you explain to an American what a cash and carry is? It's Costco. Is? That's what you yeah. just have to yeah. flip it around again. Yeah, just called cash and carry. <laughs> Thank you for that, Lindsay. Um, we will say if anyone wants any questions, comments, feedback, do get in touch with us. Uh, you can uh, abuse us on our Instagram uh, page, which is at you are welcome America. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. At You Are Welcome America. <laughs> uh, please uh, subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, rate and review us yes. as well. Or you, what you could do, which people shouldn't be doing, is just send out just very personal text messages <laughs> saying what they're offended by, what we've forgotten. For example, I got it wrong that at my summer ball at university, Jamelia was replaced by Big Brothers. She wasn't. Jamelia was replaced by the dance group called Jameson, who sang that song that went that was called True. I don't remember that at all. Um, I will say as well that uh, in the last episode, or maybe one of the episodes, uh, Michael, he was, <laughs> you know, we recorded the podcast in my house in Mount Washington. I originally said that Mount Washington in LA is equivalent to maybe Clapton in uh, in London. He then came back and he either said Forest Hill or Forest Gate was more at speed. We have a reply to that. Another fellow Scottish person living in my neighborhood, Emma, shout out to Emma. She definitely thinks that Mount Washington is either Clapton or Walthamstow. She describes our neighborhood of Mount Washington as <laughs> still a risk of stabbing, but you can get a good coffee. Oh yeah, exactly. Pop down to Division 3. Yeah. Get I'm, stabbed, but you still get your coffee. Exactly. And I'm drinking a coffee right now. Well, and mm. I, I've got even more feedback on top of that that uh, my friend Shanina who lives in Forest Hill was personally offended by just Forest Hill being used as a bad example of a place to live so you know Michael's really putting noses out of joint left right and centre with that comment Um, (laughs) any other feedback or things to cover uh, no. <laughs> I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Well, I've made so many mistakes on this podcast, I can't even begin to try and clarify all of them. Well, speaking of, let's make more mistakes <laughs> as the podcast begins. <laughs> this is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. Every week we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. Topic one is Benjamin. Hello. What's going on? My topic this episode is Palm Springs. Ooh. Ooh. Do you feel that tropical breeze? I do. I can I can hear an ice cube little, you know, chinking away in a glass. Mm, a by a cocktail a, by the pool. Poolside, lovely. Ooh, yeah. mm. um, now, I like to always bring up a topic that is vaguely topical. So I tell you what's happening before I properly break down the location uh, and holiday <laughs> destination of Palm Springs for you. I've got an article here uh, from this week. Taco Bell reveals the first photos of its Palm Springs resort, and they're very on brand. So Taco Bell... Resort? Well, they've taken over a hotel for the summer in Palm Springs, <laughs> and they've themed it as Taco Bell. Okay. Let me read the first line of this article. Taco Bell is giving consumers the first peek inside its much-anticipated pop-up hotel in California, and the mood is breezy, but also spicy. Oh. Yeah. So that's like a fart joke. I have no clue. This whole <laughs> the spicy is... breeze of a Taco Bell <laughs> eater. So they, they've themed this hotel. It looks absolutely disgusting. Like the pillow on the bed is like a... a taco. No, it's like a sachet of like hot sauce. <laughs> oh, that's actually not fun. I was just kidding. It's all like, it's crazy. And this, art, this article is an ad week, uh, which I thought sounded like official, but I don't know. The person writing this may be having a breakdown. Like it says, <laughs> other entertainment will include dive in movies and then they put in brackets or parentheses in america and say uh-huh. prune skin anyone what no clue so basically you can <laughs> sit in a sit in the pool and watch a movie um oh i see <laughs> okay, I, I didn't understand what a dive in movie is oh okay i don't want to watch a movie in a pool yeah so palm springs what the hell is it it is it's about 106 miles from la yep how long will it take to drive there from la oh maybe an hour and 45 minutes uh-huh. or maybe five hours oh even more yeah it's a time vortex i love it when people visiting visiting la are like oh how long will it take to drive there i'm like oh how do i answer this question yeah you yeah it's like a little quantum kind of time tunnel you yeah. never know never know i have been uh i it's taken me five hours to drive there before yes the, the day a, before thanksgiving yeah i did a think of five hours back from coachella oh that was rough 
Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Palm Springs is in the desert. It's near Joshua Tree. Yep. It's, it's, in, or it's in or near the Coachella Valley where Coachella Music Festival yep. takes place. We're not talking about Coachella today. That's nope. a whole other topic. Um, but I want to talk also, before we even talk about Palm Springs, the journey getting there, the drive yep. into the desert. You drive through places such as Rancho Cucamonga. Yes. <laughs> um, you drive past the Morongo Casino. Yes. That giant, tall, glistening skyscraper in the yep. middle of the desert that is a just a big casino. Yeah. Um, you then pass Cabazon. Lovely Cabazon. The Cabazon outlets. Yep. The Cabazon outlet where, do you remember we went there once and you guys were all trying on something in a store and someone thought I worked there and she just was handing me items because I was sitting outside the, the changing room and she just started handing me items from the hangers that she didn't want to try on. But then you just started helping. Yeah, I was like, well, I'll just be, I was like, well, I can pop them on this rack. That's fine. <laughs> so Cabazon <laughs> is this giant outlet mall that is just crazy whenever you whenever you're driving to and from palm springs when you look at like the your gps there's always just a giant red mark beside cabazon because it slows down all the traffic just people driving in and out of cabazon and yeah. um, so you pass by that uh, you, cabazon, dinosaurs so say cabazon's yeah. dinosaurs <laughs> these giant fake dinosaurs beside the outlet mall why I, I don't know history look it up um you then pass millions of fans Yep. Electric, like, what? what wind turbines. Wind turbines. <laughs> Loads of those. Electric fans. And then electric fans. <laughs> and then you finally get to Palm Springs. And what do you do when you get to Palm Springs? Nothing. <laughs> you do absolutely nothing. People are always like, oh, what's there to do in Palm Springs? Oh, what should we do then? You're like, no, the point is you go to Palm yeah. Springs and you do nothing. Yeah, there's, 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 there is stuff to do. Oh, yeah. But yes, the, the vibe is kick back by the pool unless you go in certain months where you try and kick back by the pool and it's like boiling alive on the surface of the sun. <laughs> well, absolutely. Because the main, the high season is from what, like October to May. Yeah. When it's like all the snowbirds, everyone goes and it's the high season. Then the summer, it's just too hot and everyone yeah. just runs away. Um, the, just to give you a little bit of history on it. It was, uh, it goes back a long time. It was Native American land for years. And then people would also come for health benefits because yep. there was the actual springs there. It was then a giant airfield in World War Two. What's special about it is there is like a spring and there's also a giant mountain in the middle of the desert giving you shade. Yeah. That's geography for you, everyone. <laughs> um, also, the way it used to work before I sort of talk about present day Palm Springs uh, it was one of those places because even now it's very easy. We could go for a weekend there yeah. if you live in, if you live in LA. Uh, movie stars used to go away there at the weekend because when they had like their their studio contracts, they're only like allowed to travel like 150 miles because of insurance. Oh. So it became a place where movie stars would go for like a weekend getaway. And while they were there, the press weren't there, so they used to like fuck around. Ooh. And that's where a lot of gay actors had like gay relationships yes. secretly. And that is why Palm Springs is still incredibly gay. Like old and gay. Old and gay. Old and gay. Somewhere I would love to be old and gay. Oh, I want to die there. Just, Just like, like swatting around in linen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like with, with with very like lizardy skin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm, just soaking up that that dust and sunshine. Yeah. Looking like a Valentino, the designer, just leathered and yeah, lovely. So yeah. So we should talk about Palm Springs, what we've done there, and what's been, what's. I mean, what what is there to do there in Palm Springs, Fraser? Okay. Well, we had a very infamous trip to Palm Springs in 2012. Was it 2012? It sure was. Um, where we were living in London at the time, and our good friend Michael. Uh, who's a real fixture of this podcast yeah um who was from la um and his parents are always kind enough to let us let us stay in their different kind of holiday homes that they have around california and um <laughs> we uh we did kind of a little california tour and stayed in venice and we went to lake arrowhead but then we really topped it off with a whirlwind visit to palm springs and it was middle of i think it was like end of august it so was, it was it was horrific. It horrific. was like, I remember Michael telling you and me that we weren't allowed to go and lay by the pool because it was too hot. And we, we were like defiant. And then we both went and we were like, this is horribly uncomfortable. I'm and I'm he just, is right. I'm just looking up uh, temperature Palm Springs, August. Let's see what it says. It says um, a high of... 107 degrees Fahrenheit. What is that? What's that again in Celsius? I couldn't do the conversion. Like, I can't. It's fucking hot. <laughs> okay, on that and trip, we yeah. had a, we had an infamous night out where we went out <laughs> and it was boiling hot. So no one was around. We go into a bar and the bar, they were like, oh, tonight, if you, if you don't wear pants, translation, trousers, trousers or shorts, 
if you take them off and check them in, all drinks are half price. Yes. So we're like, well, that's just a good deal. Yeah. So we checked in our shorts. We popped off our trousers and our shorts. Yeah. We're, I mean, we we're still wearing underwear. Yeah. So we weren't naked. No. And we were like very pleased with ourselves because we were like, oh, half off drinks. Great. Yeah. And, and it was very airy and cool to, oh, be, to be just yeah. in your underwear. It was nice. And bearing in mind that the drinks are already like deathly strong. Yep. You know, we really, we really made a deal with the devil. Oh, yes, we did. Then what happened was a drag queen came around and was like, hey, we're doing a strip contest tonight. Would no, you like- it was called an underwear show. Oh, underwear I remember show. it very specifically. It was oh, called really? an underwear show. Yes. That's right. Because there was no stripping. No stripping. Because we were already stripped. But you were allowed to strip to your underwear, yes. but no further. Yes. Michael signed me and him up for it. <laughs> yes, he did. So we then... There was then an underwear show with multiple people entering, including me and Michael. So, of course, all we cared about was trying to beat one another. Yeah. Because you two have such a naturally competitive relationship. <laughs> so we competed just by strutting. They play, the DJ played some music. We strutted one by one up and down this, like, runway catwalk. Very, very flimsy, shoddily <laughs> constructed catwalk yeah. at the bar. And then the results were in. Yeah. Me and Michael joint second <laughs> we got 25 dollars to split between the two of us and the person who came first we still think to this day was a plant oh he was a total ringer it was like he was a real something you could tell he like went there he goes there all the time yeah then after we left that bar oh things had really things the whirlwind had already started going around and it all starts to become a bit of a blur but what i do remember is me and george performed uh what has always gone down in history as one of the worst karaoke performances of all time where i sang case of the x by maya and George, for no reason, reasons unknown to him and me, decided to come up and be like my dancer. So I was so drunk I couldn't keep up with the words. So I was like three sentences back from the correct words that I needed to be. And George was doing this kind of like, very like, almost like a sexy go-go boy dance. But as we know with George, or Liz as we call him, once he's got to a certain point, he's really just flailing his body around. <laughs> I think, I think was it, I can't remember you, I think you said it was like performance art. <laughs> I mean, pretty much was. But that, I mean, I was still very high on my second place victory. Well. And then we met a crowd of older gays. And I no, was, no, wait, no, 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 you've no? got to get the details correct. That, a, a young, handsome man came over and started talking to us. Do you remember this? No. It, it was very attractive and he was talking to us. And he was like, come over and sit at our table and talk to us. And then we were like, we got to the table and there was just a lot of old people. And we were like, oh, I think this might be a group of old gays with like a young hustler who's like mm. hustling them for money. And he hustled us. He sure did. I, get, I became convinced that the head, the head old gay was called Lanny. His name was not Lanny. But Lanny. I was just convinced that his name was Lanny. Lanny. So we then all went back to a house party at Lanny's house. Again, his name is not Lanny. Um, and we got there. And as we got there, there was someone else being dragged out because they were so drunk. That was the gay hustler. Oh, that was he, the gay hustler. He had to go straight to bed because he threw up all in the bathroom as soon as we arrived. That's right. And <laughs> Michael then, and Matt went home. Oh, did not right. come to Lanny's. It ended up being you, me, and George ended up at this party at Lanny's. It wasn't a party. It was the three of us and one old gay at his palatial mansion in Palm Springs. And I made some cocktails. Those cocktails exist of taking a can of Diet Coke out the fridge, yep. dumping half the Diet Coke out and filling the rest up with vodka. Yep. You're welcome. Also, um, on that same trip, we did enjoy one of the attractions at Palm Springs. Well, the next, the next day, day, very hungover, yeah, we went to the aerial tramway. Mm. Yeah. What happened at the aerial tramway, Ben? So a the- certain member of our group maybe had what can only be described <laughs> as a nervous breakdown. So the aerial tramway, it's just this giant tram going up the giant mountain, the, 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 the San Jacinto, I can't remember what the mountain's called. Anyway, <laughs> in, the, in the middle of the summer, you go to Palm Springs, it's so hot, but if you go up the mountain, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So we went up the tramway, the aerial tram, you weren't so keen on that voyage. I'm not a huge fan of heights. Um, and also being hungover, I wasn't completely at my calmest. And what happened is we stepped into the, the cable car that takes you to the top of the mountain. It started moving. I realized that I was essentially having a panic attack. I then I closed my eyes and then didn't these, those French, there was loads of French tourists in the same cable car as us. They thought I was going to be sick. So they made they let me sit down, but they were like talking in French, but I think I think it was Matt that said he could recognise some snatches of French that were mm, talking about me being sick or throwing up. Um, and we got to the top, and I the first thing I did is I went into the, the toilet, into the bathroom. I threw up in the toilet. Did you? Yep, I threw up because the fear had, the fear had like churned my hangover. Didn't know I that. threw up, and then I stood in the toilet's little cubicle, and I cried. <laughs> <laughs> then, wow. afterwards, we went for that lovely hike around the top of the mountain that had like a lovely time. Mm-hmm. But I will always associate that aerial tramway with 
getting to the top, throwing up, crying, and then seeing the beautiful view. It's a real roller coaster. And then how were you in the, the trip down the mountain? It was fine. The, the, the mistake that was made is that I, we told the guy that operated the tram that I was scared. And he was like, oh, well, well, what we'll do is I'll let you get in first and then we'll load everyone else in so that it's not too like chaotic. But that was a terrible idea because what happened is he put me in an empty cable car at the top of a mountain and then just left. And I was alone in this like, I was looking at it and I was like, what if this thing just starts and I just go down the mountain by myself? Um, I want to just give some other like top tips of things to do in Palm Springs. Yeah. Um, if you are there for Thanksgiving, you can do the turkey trot. What the hell's the turkey so, trot? The turkey trot. <laughs> every year, I think they do this in other places in the States, but you know, Thanksgiving, you eat turkey, whatever. Sure. You sign up and there's like a, I think it's a 5K and you go at like eight in the morning to the center of Palm Springs. Yeah. You all get given like these, you, you pay to enter, you all get given like a, a hat that looks like a turkey yep. and you all run a 5k and on then, the morning of Thanksgiving and it's so fun because it means you all get up you do this thing yeah. and then you go eat like everything for the rest of the day and then what you slaughter a turkey at the finish line oh yeah when we're all chasing the turkey <laughs> yeah. that's and the first one to catch the turkey you know yeah. wins you're it. trotting after those turkeys yeah um, we should also talk about, uh, you know, over the years, people who've lived in uh, Palm Springs and the surrounding area, like Lucille Ball, Elvis lived there, all yeah. these kind of people. Um, there is a cocktail bar called Melvin's, mm -hmm. which we have been to. Frank Sinatra used to go there. <laughs> Melvin's is like an old school piano bar where just old people go. And if you, it's so wonderful because you go... And you dress up and you'll, you'll look over and there'll be like a really aging lady in like a ball gown. There might be like a guy who maybe fought in some sort of war. Don't know which one. Could be any from like the last 500 years. Wearing like a kind of like an army sergeant outfit with yeah. medals. Just drinking an incredibly strong drink and shaking. And then there's like a piano and everyone's dancing. I, I, we went there at New Year's and the way I described it is it's the kind of place that the next day you could have said, oh, we went to Melvin's last night. We had a great time. And someone would have said, Melvin's burnt down in 1945. Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh my God, we were with the ghosts of Melvin's all night. It felt like it could have been a horror movie. So yeah, I mean, I feel like those are some of uh, my absolute favorite things about Palm Springs. Is there anything? So yeah, it's in the desert. It is magical. It's mystical. It's a bit tiki. You might wear a kaftan there. There are gays everywhere. <laughs> There's bizarre stuff going on, be it a turkey trot or the ghost of Melvin. Yes. There's, um, there is a Palm Springs Walk of Fame, isn't there? That's, oh, there is. That's uh, <laughs> the equivalent of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And I just remember because I saw an episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where Lisa Vanderpump got her star on the Palm Springs Walk of Fame. And I was like... It couldn't be more right. Kathy Griffin's Kathy got Griffin. one there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and for a while, Sonny Bono uh, of Sonny and Cher fame was the mayor of Palm Springs. Yes. Uh, oh, we also should probably give a shout out to maybe the most horrific but iconic restaurant, Lulu's. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> there is a restaurant. I think nothing can sum up like going out for a meal in the heat in um, Palm Springs, quite like a restaurant like Lulu's, where you can sit outside and misters, like misters of water, <laughs> are just like spurting above you to try and defy the heat. Just a very moist dinner, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> everything, Hot and moist dinner. Everything in Lulu's is basically like a bright color, every food, <laughs> item and object and drink. And it's just full of like aging gays and then very young gays. Yeah fascinating love it it's a culture so i've been talking about palm springs the big question you know well, i started this off by saying that taco bell are opening up a sort of <laughs> pop-up resort there in palm springs the uk equivalent of palm springs i've been thinking about this okay i've got a couple of options okay i've got one's just popped into my head so okay. it'd be interesting to know if they align the uk equivalent of palm springs is brighton yeah that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> brighton uh south of london on the coast mm. it's its own little world very gay yep weird stuff is going on there but yep. it's also very close to a big international city yeah in the way that bright brighton to london couple of palm hours springs in the car. to la exactly <laughs> my only other thing i was also thinking was although i've never been there is cornwall like a, a coast in Cornwall? I, I no gays. No gays. No gays the in gays, Cornwall. Yeah, the gays, the gays thing really tips it. I, I don't think you can be gay in Cornwall. Okay, well, so the UK equivalent of, um, of Palm Springs is Brighton. What is the UK equivalent of Taco Bell? Because we Ooh. started this all with Taco Bell opening up a pop-up hotel in Palm Springs. Uh, is it the only kind of chain uh, Mexican-inspired... Um, <laughs> is a chain that I can think of is Chiquitos. Oh. <laughs> Chiquitos. Remember Chiquitos? Oh, I, I tried to forget. <laughs> um, I, well, actually, 
I think that the UK equivalent of Taco Bell is Nando's. Oh. Now, hear me out. In the US, Taco Bell is much... It's, like, beloved. Yeah. But it's also... It's like, Taco Bell, oh, that's really American. You're like, but, but, but wait a minute. It's, it's kind of like Tex-Mex. It's, it's yeah. Mexican food. Yeah. So it's appropriation of another it's culture bastard, food. Bastardized Mexican food exactly. sold across America. Yeah. In the same way that in the UK, Nando's yeah. is like, oh, Nandos na- Nando's is so British. But you're like, but it's Portuguese. Portu- yeah, <laughs> you're completely right. So I think the UK equivalent of Taco Bell is Nando's. Nando's, it's uh, a much a much loved chicken shop in the UK. You might say, oh, having a cheeky Nando's. I mean... I just rolled my eyes at you and then realized this is not a visual medium. So just know that I rolled my eyes at the idea of a Nando's, even though I do like it. Yeah, it's fine. fine. <laughs> so there we it's go. It's fine. Aggressively fine. Aggressively fine. Uh, the UK equivalent of Palm Springs is Brighton. And the UK <laughs> equivalent of Taco Bell is Nando's. You're welcome. This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You are welcome. Fraser, you're up. What is your topic? So uh, when I met up with my friend, uh, my friends Hannah and Adam, um, who came over from the UK and we went to Santa Monica, much to my <laughs> distaste, um, she, Hannah had a great suggestion for a topic. So I'm just shouting her out at the top of this one. And she suggested... Weatherspoons. Spoons? Spoons. A very British institution, Weatherspoons. So just to kind of give a very general overview very quickly, uh, Weatherspoons is a um, chain of pubs uh, and pubs, restaurants, and actually even hotels. What? Uh, Yeah, there's there's Weatherspoon hotels uh, across kind of all of of the UK. There's loads of them. Um, You know, in, in every major city, you've got, you know, maybe three or four Weatherspoons. And then when you get to like London, there's lots and lots of different weather spoons so um just very quickly the the history of it is just basically a man called tim martin um opened up a pub in uh, 1979 in muswell hill north london he then um kind of opened up lots of pubs in that area of north london and it just snowballed and became the chain weather spoons so it's officially called jd weather spoons and a little fun fact for you there is no such person as jd weatherspoon he made up this guy tim martin made up jd weatherspoons and it's a combination of his favorite dukes of hazard character um, and also weatherspoon was his geography teacher's name and his geography teacher told him he was never going to amount to anything so he then took his favorite dukes of hazard character and the teacher told him he was never going to succeed and he amounted and made, he amounted to everything <laughs> and he amounted to absolutely everything um and uh, you know therefore weatherspoons was was born so that's kind of a bit more of a historical thing but Culturally, Weatherspoons are a very specific thing. So they are known for being very good uh, price-wise, very cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so very cheap alcohol, very cheap food deals. Um, so they kind of naturally become somewhere where you go when you're a teenager and you can first start drinking in the UK because it's good value for money. And they're very like, if you're at a university in a town and there's a Weatherspoons, it's always a great place to go because you could afford to drink there. But, and because, of course, in the UK, the drinking age is 18 exactly. compared to 21 in the US. So... Um, just kind of in my personal history with Weatherspoons, mine started with in Norwich, where I'm from, which I've spoken of many a time. Uh, I actually mentioned Old Orleans uh, and actually Chiquitos earlier. Um, they were all in this this kind of complex that got built in the kind of late 90s, I think, uh, called Riverside, which was up besides the river. <laughs> um, and we had a Weatherspoons, which was it was actually a different branch of Weatherspoons called a Lloyd's Bar. Um, and, and what differentiates a Lloyd's Bar and a Weatherspoons is that Weatherspoons does not play music. The pubs are, so are they silent. Sport? But do they, they do sports? No, they they have they are silent. And that is actually based on, um, let me just tell you, this is an interesting fact about Weatherspoons. Hold on. Um, hang on. I'm sure they have like sport events though. Like if it's like the football or rugby that they might play it. Yes, probably. But basically what happened is um, the founder, he read an article by George Orwell who said that the perfect pub would be free from any background music and distractions. So that's why all Weatherspoons are silent. And just looking over to your laptop where you've got this research from, you're on the Sun newspaper website <laughs> and you're under a headline that says Silent Spoons. And also this article is called 12 Things You Never Knew About Weatherspoons. <laughs> um, so, but then they basically had a different a kind of offshoot of this called Lloyd's Bar and they had music and it was meant to be a bit more like young and a bit more vibrant. Mm. So what we used to do is... Um, when we were underage, so when we were kind of 16, 17, me and my friends, what we would do is you could go into Lloyd's in the daytime because it's family friendly. Okay. So on a Saturday night, what we would do is we would go in the daytime. So we'd go in the afternoon and get a soft drink, 
because you could you could go in there as teenagers without an accompaniment, get a soft drink. Love it. Then what they would do is, um, I think maybe like seven or eight o'clock, a bouncer would go around and check the ID of anyone in there. Uh, you know who they thought was underage or if you tried to go to the bar and order a drink they would ask for your ID there so what we used to do is at the time when the bouncers were going around checking the IDs we used to go and hide in the toilets no yeah so that they thought they checked everyone's ID and then most of the time when that happened you could then just go to the bar and order a drink because the bar staff would assume your ID had been checked because I feel like even well that was obviously a different time but even now like in the UK IDing sort of happens on doors of places but it's it's a lot looser than like in the US like we were at dinner last yeah, night yeah. and our friend Matt who's what 40, 41 yeah. like got ID'd and he you know he does not look like he's under 21 no. shout out to Matt you look great oh yeah he way. looks I, in fact I told him that yesterday I was telling him he was looking very good at the moment oh, so yeah but well, at the moment do you not think he looked good before Fraser? uh oh I'm gonna cut that um, <laughs> so 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 that that Weatherspoons bar plays a very important part in my kind of formative years so what we would mm-hmm. do is uh, they were always famous for very cheap drink offers and obviously I came of age in the very very early kind of 2000s uh, when I turned 16, kind of 17, like 2002, 2003. Um, and the, the drink offers that we used to indulge in there were two bottles of Reef for £2.50. Remember Ooh. Reef? Reef was like an orangey alcopop. It basically was a vodka. I think it was, they were like vodka and orange, essentially, like a, a screwdriver almost. Because, um, you know, we came of age in the kind of the alcopop uh, era in the UK, which was all just like as many sweet little, sweet little drinks as you could have in a bottle. So we would, we would go between Reef um, as well. Then we had, did you ever have Archer's Aqua? No. So Archer's Aqua was, was peach snaps with like a lemonade, but like all pre-mixed in a little lovely. bottle. They were, they were really sickly. I was very Bacardi Breezer, maybe like a watermelon Bacardi Breezer. Oh, I, I hated it. Bacardi Breezer was a very early alcohol for me and I was, I was always a bit off of it by the time I could actually legally drink. Um, and then do you remember Red Square? I was, but Red Square was my Red, absolute favorite. Red Square was essentially vodka Red Bull oh, in a pre-mixed bottle. And yum. my friend Siobhan was very, she loved a Red Square. She was, she was famous for it. Um, and you know, what we used to do is it, it, it was very much uh, for my teenage years was our routine. We would go to Lloyd's in Norwich. Then we'd go to the one club that there was at the time, which was called Time. Um, <laughs> so we'd always be like, meet you in Lloyd's, then we'll go to Time. Um, so that's kind of like, for me, a very early I, I always associate that that Weatherspoons as a great, you know, a lovely start to my kind of drinking life. Mm. Um, then when I was at university, I came to, went to university in London and there's a lot of kind of, a lot of Weatherspoon pubs in London. Well, they are everywhere. And what's interesting about Weatherspoons is that it's never, the pubs never look the same. No. So you might be in, because so many of the buildings in the UK are so fucking old, you might be in like the middle of a very old little little city and you're like, oh, that building over there, that's gorgeous. Well, well that looks like a lovely eatery. And then you look at it, you're like, oh wait, it's a Weatherspoons. Yeah. So it'll be like inside a gorgeous old Victorian yes. house building. They they go out of their way apparently from my research to to buy to 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 have their locations in unusual buildings. So like they have there's a lot of converted like old theaters, um a lot of converted old cinemas have become Weatherspoons. Yeah. Um and, and there's kind of like culturally a an association with Weatherspoons that sometimes they can be kind of a rougher clientele and a little bit scarier and I didn't realize that until I moved to London because obviously Norwich is where I'm from is very kind of just you know it's a different world so I wasn't really used to that kind of thing then I went to university uh, in kind of southwest London and there was a little Weatherspoons pub in Putney called The Railway and bearing in mind this is before the smoking ban in the UK so people were smoking indoors and my god it was filled with the most frightening old people smoking. It was basically just old men, aggressive old men smoking and like very fr- other frightening men who like would sh- like punch you in the face if you mentioned, you know, because they think that you were looking at them funny or that you didn't support their football team. Um, once me and uh, Charlie were there for a lunch at university, I remember we were like, lunch. we were like, let's treat ourselves to a lunch at Weatherspoons because it's, you know, still within our student price range. What, what, but would the, what would the food be? What would your lunch on? I think I might have even eaten a jacket potato at the time because oh, it was a really classic. good, it was a really good price point on a jacket potato. And uh, whilst me and Charlie were um, eating our lunch at Weatherspoons at the railway in Putney, a fight broke out and someone shoved the man through the plate glass window of the whole bar. So he just got shoved out through, like a, almost like a stunt, like a sugar glass stunt, smashed through a window out onto the street. And I just remember me and Charlie finishing up our lunch. I was going to say, I hope you finished up. <laughs> we absolutely finished ju- our lunch. Well, you treated yourselves. <laughs> exactly. I don't want that to go to waste. As a student, you can't waste your jacket potato. I just want to show you 
picture of uh, I'm from Glasgow in Scotland. I want to show you a picture of the the weather spoons in Glasgow. Oh, look that at, you used to go to. Look at, no, I know. I never used to go. To oh, this, you did. Look at this. Oh, lovely. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's like in a giant domed building with like columns and a giant ceiling. It's like it's insane. Yeah, they 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 really they really do vary. But the ones in London are there are some particularly rough ones. And um, when I used to live in Brixton, there's one called the Beehive in Brixton. Ooh. Do not ever set foot in that place. It is terrifying. There's, there's a few other kind of things that I, I learned about Weatherspoons that I just thought I'd tell you really quickly. Um, one of them is that uh, there's a Weatherspoons in London called the Knights Templar, um, and it's actually a Weatherspoons you can get married in. There's a, <laughs> there's oh. a £3,000 package that you can, an all-inclusive package, um, that provides a three-course meal, DJ, and table wine for 100 guests. Table wine. <laughs> Good old table, table wine. wine. Gotta That's love a, a table that, wine. That, that. Uh, I also I, this is a little bit depressing. I've just I just googled I was googling Weatherspoons and it came up Weatherspoons Brexit. I was like, what's going on? Oh yes, that's mm-hmm. so basically the owner, the current owner of Weatherspoons, Tim Martin, looks basically the definition of like an old white straight evil businessman. Yeah. A lot of shouting, a lot of big hair. He is terrifying, and he's a, a very vocal supporter of Brexit, which makes complete sense. Yeah, that they are. They're very Brexit, Weatherspoons, aren't they? Very Brexit. <laughs> um, and in fact, yeah, he basically, um, he replaced champagne with British sparkling wine um, in 2018 to try and be like, British, British. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's just a fun little factoid on their Wikipedia page. And they run up to Brexit. Um, Weatherspoons announced a drop in profits of 19%. <laughs> so people were so turned off by his pro-Brexit thing that they actually had a drop in their profits. When you told me that Weatherspoons had hotels, I just started to Google, Google Weatherspoons hotels and the locations that came up, Wales, Whitby, Cornwall, Norfolk, Devon, Yorkshire, and then promotional codes. <laughs> sure. Those are all great places, Cornwall, though. <laughs> no gays in Cornwall. No gays in Cornwall, <laughs> allegedly. Oh, God. Um, and, um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of kind of other things to talk about with Weatherspoons, but just for me, it's always about kind of my personal um, times that I've had in there. So when I was at university, we used to go to... Uh, nights out in a place called Kingston, which was just outside of London. And there was a Weatherspoons in Kingston called the King's Tun, <laughs> which I thought was Whoa. a really fun, really fun little, uh, really fun little pun. <laughs> fun pun. Um, but yeah, just for me personally, just Weatherspoons just remind me of being young, binge drinking, you know, maybe being underage, uh, pictures. When, when we first, yeah, first pictures. You know, learning how to drink, we would get a picture of woo woo. Uh, which was like, do you remember pictures of woo-woo in Weatherspoons? <laughs> what, was a, what was a woo-woo again? I just remember it was blue. I think it might have had like peach snaps in it. It was essentially, you know, they marketed cocktail, pictures of cocktails and drinks for like young drinkers. Do you want to know the recipe? Yeah, hit me with a woo-woo. Smirnoff vodka, specifically Smirnoff. Has to be. Archer's peach snaps, Ugh. cranberry juice. <laughs> and then it. someone said, so this is just sex in the beach, beach but without orange juice. <laughs> and then, oh, and then someone said, it's mainly cranberry, so you could drink this after you get cystitis from having sex on the beach. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's a funny person. I appreciate that. Um, Can I tell you a fun fact please about do. Weatherspoons? I have never been to Weatherspoons. I don't believe you. That, I, is, that is ridiculous. I don't fully believe me either. That's high snobbery on but your part. It, it really is. In the same way that I often claim I've never been to a Greg's. That is, I mean... I think we're just speaking more about you as a person here. That's a high, high snobbery. I'm a big fan of a Weatherspoons Anna Greggs, but you know, I'm a man of the people. I, um, I genuinely can't. I, I must have gone to university or something. You, yeah, you, ha- you have to have done. I, I've, um, I've got kind of a fun, just a fun article I found in the archives. I googled celebrities at Weatherspoons. Oh, yeah. Really, really couldn't find a lot of information about it, to be honest. It was a lot about Brexit. But I did find an, un- an unsubstantiated claim unproven, not spotted there, that David and Victoria Beckham <laughs> had been invited to a family meal by um, his older sister at a Weatherspoons, and it was a Christmas dinner. Never knew if they turned up and never knew if they went to it, but apparently they were meant to be going to this £7.99 Christmas dinner. When was this? Uh, this was in, um, hold on, 2014. Not long ago enough not for them long- to be going to a Weatherspoons. I was thinking, was this like early years? <laughs> no. No. Um, Another <laughs> another article I found. Um, you've just seen the headline for oh, it. Oh God! This is on Bra- <laughs> brace yourselves, listeners. This is on Gloucestershire Live, uh, the website of GloucestershireLive.co.uk. Headline is: Poo found in ice at Weatherspoons Harvester and others. 
<laughs> Harvester, shout out. Yeah, yeah. And then, another, another great chain, Slug and Lettuce and Hungry Horse are amongst the chains named. Some other great uh, restaurant chains. And this is just... Um, it's just a, uh, another claim uh, from a, a BBC kind of report that faecal bacteria was found in the ice and soft drinks at lots of different restaurant chains. This was in, um, hold on, this was in 2018. So really <laughs> strap yourselves in, folks. Yeah, I, I'll say actually this, this article really doesn't go into the detail of why faecal matter was in any of their ice. They just say it, it was. So if, if you guys are planning on going to Harvester, really, you know, just brace yourself for drinking some shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually its tagline. Where there's spoons, drinking some <laughs> drinking shit. some shit. Just uh, another fun fun fact for you. Um, that in 2014, uh, a Weatherspoons opened up in a service station, um, mm. and it was greatly <laughs> contested because people were thinking it encourages drink driving, which it completely 100 <laughs> percent does. They also have um, Weatherspoons in um, some of the airports in the UK as well. Oh, they have oh. they have a Weatherspoons in Heathrow, I think. Oh, I think they've got one in Glasgow Airport. Yes, Weatherspoons yeah. Glasgow Airport. Again, once once again, listeners, I'm still going down my party line of never been to one i don't believe that you haven't set foot even in in an airport it's a very good place to get a last minute drink before a flight don't really drink i don't really drink in the airport i drink i might drink in a plane but not an airport but the one in glasgow is called this in glasgow airport the weather is called the sandpiper oh oh yeah that's the other thing they all have very specific names oh i've completely forgotten about um a very, also very important integral Weatherspoons in my life. Uh, there is a uh, Weatherspoons on Tottenham Court Road, so right in the centre of London, uh, called. Fuck, hang on, we need to just pause. Oh no, wait a minute! Up. I might have been to oh, this one. You, you, hang on. The Montague Pike. Okay, that's it. The Montague Pike, which <laughs> is actually a very handy place to go in central London, which is very expensive in central London. And the Montague Pike is this kind of very infamous venue that, you know, we used to go there when I was at university. We used to go there before going to GAY at the Astoria because oh, it was right next door to GAY at the Astoria. We were like, pop to the Montague Pike, have some, you know, some drink offers. Then we'd hit up GAY at the Astoria. Okay. Those were the fucking days. Listen, I tell you what. I want to correct myself. I have been to a Weatherspoons. And the only reason I've been, I've just Googled the Montague Pike, looked at some pictures, is because I remember living in London and you with your uni mates or, or whatever, and you were like, <laughs> and I would come and retrieve you from the Montague Pike to take you to like a better place. Well, that's the story of our friendship, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember, I honestly have this vivid memory of walking in there being like, fuck me. And then being like, right, Fraser, should we go somewhere fun now? And just like taking you away. <laughs> Um, so just thinking about the um, kind of US equivalent, without going into doing too much research, I kind of couldn't really find specific just bar, 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 bar chains. So I kind of thought of a bar, a restaurant kind of chain. And I thought of Chili's because Chili's is very renowned for, um, even though it's a restaurant, people go in there to drink at the bar, which I think is very strange. So you think that the US equivalent of Weatherspoons yeah. pubs is Chili's? Yes. I think the US equivalent of Weatherspoons pubs is Hooters. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah. I, I think the, the chain nature of it being kind of a bar uh, is, goes with Hooters, but good God, the, the, the <laughs> theming of Hooters is not reflected in a Weatherspoons. Perhaps in the clientele of a, of a Weatherspoons, you know, are people with their tits hanging out, but maybe not the staff. <laughs> Gotta restock. What yeah, that's, do you know what? That's a, that is a tough one. And I'm happy to open that one up to any American listeners who uh, might have an idea of, of what we're talking about. So yeah, so in, in our opinion, the <laughs> US equivalent of Weatherspoons is Chili's slash Hooters. You're welcome. Welcome. This is Fraser from the future where I'm editing. Apparently I missed off Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, which is a huge chain. So who knows? Who cares? Bye. <laughs> Okay, this is your Welcome America. We always finish every episode by playing a game of Welcome Not Welcome, yes. where we do a quick fire mention of very British or American things, and we say whether they're welcome or not welcome, i.e. whether we like them or not. Fraser, you go first. Welcome or not welcome, dogs in shops. <laughs> so in LA, specifically, people carry their dogs around and will take them into all manner of places that they shouldn't be. And I am going to say that, personally for me, not welcome. I would say when I first moved here, and I will say that yesterday I celebrated four years of living in LA. Four years ago when I moved here, I was I felt dogs in shops not welcome. Four years later, I think they're welcome. 
Oh, so it's going to be a timing thing for me. Yeah. Okay. See you in four years, Fraser. <laughs> okay, welcome or not welcome. Pronouncing Nutella, Nutella. Absolutely not fucking welcome. Not welcome, but it does make me think of new metal and new rave. <laughs> yeah. But it's Nutella, nuts. Yeah. Hazelnut, hazelnutella. So I, Hazelnut. We should, we should explain that apparently people in the US, not everyone, but a lot of people in the US pronounce Nutella, Nutella. Yeah, well, yeah you wouldn't say a hazelnut. <laughs> Well, maybe they do. Uh, okay, uh, I'm up next. Welcome or not welcome, British summers in the park. <laughs> Sounds like you're announcing like a musical lineup on BBC yeah. Radio 4. Absolutely. British summers in the park. Not an event, just really when you live in London, and it's London specifically, where you it's summertime and you go to the park on a weekend. Yeah, that's I'm welcome. I'm going to say welcome. I actually miss that. I think it's really nice. It's a nice little community thing because people go insane and everyone's like stripping all their clothes off and like laying out and in the sun. They're usually hungover and just yeah. sweating out the night before. Exactly. You've maybe like nipped to M&S in the way. Yeah, to get You've a little gin and tonic in a kin. And some, some in a kin. <laughs> gin and tonic in a kin. Gin and a tin. <laughs> gin and a tin. And you might get like maybe some cocktail sausages. Oh, absolutely. Lovely. Very welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, welcome or not welcome. Angel Delight. Not welcome. You should explain what Angel Delight is. I have a very uh, storied and strange history with Angel Delight. Angel Delight is a children's dessert uh, from when we grew up in the 90s, especially, late 80s, 90s, which was a kind of instant uh, strawberry flavored for, for most people, kind of instant dessert that you would add. You, it's powder. Powder that you would add water to. And milk. And milk. You? And then you have it as a dessert. And it's almost well, like you, a... Well, you powder milk, you whisk it, yes. you put it in the fridge, and yes. then you get it later. And it kind of turns into like a chocolate, almost like a, a pudding mousse. Yes, it's like a mousse or a yogurt or yogurt. Yeah. Um, and I, as a child, was given it a lot as a dessert. <laughs> and especially the strawberry one has this very specific aftertaste that's very like children's medicine-y. And I always associate Angel Delight with also taking children's medicine, it, like Calpol. It also kind of tastes like um, a, a really a really chemically, what you would have now, like protein shake. Yes, absolutely does taste like protein yeah. shake. You're right. I mean, every every sipper bite, you're like, I think it tastes powder. <laughs> uh, welcome or not welcome? Uh, not welcome. Not welcome. No, lo- I would say no longer welcome. No. Sorry. Uh, my final one. Welcome, not welcome. Lacroix. Uh, welcome. You know my feelings. You know my fridge. Just yesterday, you unpacked a case of Lacroix <laughs> and put them in my fridge. I would have said uh, welcome until I discovered Spindrift. Which has a little bit more fruit in it and tastes nice. No, Spindrift from Trader Joe's. It's from Trader Joe's, isn't it? No, it's a brand. You know I hate Trader Joe's. Oh, okay. Oh, don't tell me I've been supporting Trader Joe's. Let's look it up. Oh, my God. I think Spindrift is, is fuck a Trader Joe's brand. God damn it. Oh, no, wait. It's in Costco. I can't tell, but it's it sold in a few places, so I, I don't think it is just Trader Joe's. Spindrift is great. Spindrift is like sparkling with a bit of actual fruit in yeah, it. That's nice. good for making a cocktail. Everyday refreshment with LaCroix. That's not its tagline, but it should be. I'm here. I've had a coffee. Whatever. Yeah, you look you getting real crazy eyes when you're talking to me about I'm LaCroix very there. Diff- when we were in London last week, some of the days Jesse was pouring with rain, cold, but some of the days Jesse was like, oh, I just love a LaCroix light right now. Well, I think you could pop to the shops and get yourself like a Rubicon. <laughs> a carbonated Rubicon. Right, my final one. Welcome or not welcome. Mine have all been food and drink. Welcome or not welcome. A cheese course starting a meal rather than a cheese course ending a meal. Well, I think this has been a debate in our circle of friends recently. And as we know, a cheese course should be at the end of a meal. At the end of a meal, Don't, America. Yes, America. Don't eat cheese and then eat your dinner. No. Madness. Mad- you'll, you'll, be, you'll be full. Have an entree of cheese. Yeah. It's insanity. I mean, it's different if you might have, like, maybe you've got people over at a party, you might have, like, an antipasti plate. Yeah. That's fine, because cheese is among the mix, but you don't have a whole cheese course to start with. And if I'm in a tacky restaurant, yeah, I'll order, like, a mozzarella stick as a starter. A deep-fried cheese. It's a very different thing. A cheese board and a, you know, mozzarella stick. No. Not, never the twain shall meet. Not akin. Uh, So, cheese course to start a meal, not welcome. Not welcome. Well, this has been, this is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what has it been well you've been listening to your welcome america thank you for listening yes. and we love your comments your questions everything get in touch go to our instagram page at you are welcome yes. america stop texting me about it and use an official channel so it looks like we have more listeners yeah please i'm speaking <laughs> of please subscribe on spotify or if you're listening to apple podcasts rate review us and just like, give us an abusive comment yes. or whatever we're also on uh, stitcher and google play you didn't know that. I, I've done that without telling you, but we're on both of those platforms too. Don't know what those words even mean. Don't know how to access them. Managed to get them on there, though. Well done. We've got zero listeners on both <laughs> platforms at the moment. <laughs> 
You're welcome, America. Bye. Bye. You're so far up your ass, I think you can smell your own shit. Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Ethel. Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. But let me be clear. I enjoy cooking bacon and stuff, working with flour.